Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top few events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Dio Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? On today's episode, we will start our preview of round 10 of the EuroLeague. This is a two-part episode. On the, this uh, first episode, we will go over the main news regarding the EuroLeague and the first four games that will take place on this round 10. And then on the part two, that will come out tomorrow, we will be talking about the last five games of this uh, round 10. We start uh, by going over some news that uh, came out recently about the EuroLeague. One of them is Naz Mitrolong joining Olympiacos and being the reinforcement. Another player that they are getting coming from Jalgiris this season. And Duke, two questions for you. First of all, how does he fit into this team? We expect him to be a complementary piece and a player that will be an addition to this Olympiacos roster that already has some depth to it. And also... This really forces Jalgiris to go out in the market and to find another player, doesn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, first of all, for Olympiakos, uh, again, and we talked about this early in the season and before the season even started, uh, we don't, we didn't think that uh, another small guard or just another guard was what they needed. We we thought that a, a wing was more important, a guy who can score at a high level and help them offensively. Um, I believe that um, the fact that Naz Mitrolong has a Greek passport was a, a very important factor here. Uh, so I guess he can, I think he can help them because he's a good player, but I, I don't know to what point is he going to be relevant enough in their rotation to to really be an impactful player. Uh, but for Zalgiris, I mean, uh, I definitely think they, they need to go get someone because even though he, he wasn't playing at the level I expected him to play for Zalgiris, he was still a, an important player for them, and he was able to give them some some good minutes. So I definitely believe Zalgiris needs some reinforcement now. Uh, I, I thought this before, and now with him leaving, I I strongly believe it even more. So yeah, that's my take on this. We expect Zalgiris to be adding someone soon, and for Olympiacos, the approach seems to be they aren't able to find in the market. Uh, the go-to player that they were looking for, they were linked to none, they were linked to, to some other players, and they never closed on any of those players. They are looking for talent, they are looking for depth, they will allow Bar- Coach Barstokas to, to just go and find the best solution in any given night and do it as a group, as a unit, as they do it so well. We have heard Petrushev as being a possibility as well. And if they are able to just add even more talent to this group, adding uh, Shaquille Bukinski, uh, with not adding, but with him returning, it's a it's a deep group with a, a lot of talent that certainly will be a very competitive team. Other piece of news that came out was uh, Shane Larkin that seems to have a serious finger injury and that might require, require surgery that will probably keep him out for the... For a while, and uh, we know that uh, in a team that has been struggling to to find themselves and to be consistent, as Zephyrus has losing one of their top players are always bad news. But they certainly will need to do it as a unit, as a group, next man up top type of mentality, and that's what we can expect here. There isn't much to break down regarding his injury. We just wish the him a speedy recovery and a quick recovery. Let's 
get to the games and we start with uh, the game between Aswell and Bayern Munich. These are two teams that um, they have been having somewhat different seasons so far. Aswell is starting to find themselves while Bayern is a team that we know how competitive can be and how strong they can be. How do you expect this matchup between 16 and 17 in the standings to unfold? Well, I believe Bayern is the better team. Uh, I think they have uh, an advantage in terms of talent. Um, obviously, Aswell has been on the come up. They, they've got some wins and they are playing much better basketball. Uh, but I just feel like Bayern has too much uh, as far as talent goes uh, for Aswell to be able to beat them. Uh, I believe Serge Ibaka can be a, a, a crucial piece here in this game because I think he's the, the best big man in the game. Um, his ability to protect the rim and then offensively he's been playing at a good level too so uh, I believe he's going to be a key factor in this matchup but I just think Bayern has more uh, as far as creation uh, shot creation with uh, all those guards in Balmaro uh, Nick Valerbeb uh, Carson Edwards Silvan Francisco I mean they just have a lot so I believe Bayern is the favorite here but I think it's going to be a very good game uh, I think the, the ability to shoot the three obviously Bayern is a better three point shooting team but uh, Aswell has been playing at a faster pace and they've been scoring a lot of points. So I think Bayern, without Obst, uh, I don't know if he's going to play yet, uh, but without Obst, uh, we got we to see if they can maintain the level of three-point shooting that they showed in the last game. The, I agree with uh, everything that you just said. And uh, the way that Aswell, for me, can come into this game is we saw flashes of uh, maybe a defensive identity from Aswell, if they are able to keep improving on that aspect against a team like Bayer, that is a team that lacks consistency at times and lacks consistency throughout the 40 minutes, and a lot of that is because of the youth of their guards, that's a way that Aswell can give some trouble to, to Bayer. Regarding three-point shooting, that's that will be an important aspect of this game. Aswell has been a better three-point shooting team than Bayern in terms of percentage and that's a way that uh, they can have an advantage if they can do it with volume. If they're able to do it with volume, that's uh, a way for them to conjugate a good defensive performance and good shooting performance. That's the way that for me they can be in this game and they can compete with a more talented Bayern team. On the other hand, and like you said, Bayern is the team with the Bayern talent, the top talent, and I expect them to be able to impose themselves on the fight of the rebounds, where they are the best team in the EuroLeague so far. And in the inside game and they with their inside players, I think that on top of having the more talented players, they really have the ability to dominate that particular matchup and the, the inside battle of this game. And that's where the Bayern can find uh, a go-to situations throughout the game and can give them an advantage. Speaking about matchups and individual matchups, who do you got? Who will have your eyes on on this game? I'm going to go with TLC and Nick Valerbeb. Uh, I believe um, with Lucic still being out, uh, Nick Valerbeb has to play the three. Uh, I'm not going to say the three. I mean, they played three guard lineups and he is usually the, the bigger one. Uh, so I think he's going to be matched up with TLC a lot. And these are two guys who have been playing at a very high level in the last couple of games. So I think that's going to be very interesting. How TLC is able to to play on offense 
against a very good defender in Nick Valerbeb and just the impact that Valerbeb has on this Bayern team playing on both sides of the court and doing it at such a high level. For me, it's Ibaka and Lovern. These two players are experienced, are extremely important for both of their teams and their individual matchup and their particular matchup will certainly be an important one for the outcome of this game. Let's move on onto the next one and uh, let's talk about the game between Maccabi and Barcelona. Barcelona is second, Maccabi is fourth, but uh, these are two teams that are close in the general classification, in the standings, and uh, Maccabi uh, will want to get even closer to Barcelona and try to to catch them up in terms of losses so far in the in the standings to for them to aspire to conquer home court advantage in this edition of the EuroLeague. Where do you see each of these teams having advantages and uh, having weaknesses on this particular match? Well, I think the the advantage here, in my opinion, for Maccabi is the they have two guys that can go win you the game, and that obviously Lorenzo and Wade Wade Baldwin. Uh, I think that Maccabi matches up very nicely with Barcelona because they have bodies on every position. Like they obviously have a, a great guard rotation, but then they have wings who can handle Barcelona's wings. When you talk about Antonio's Cleveland, Bonzi Colson, so they have guys there. I think Bonzi Colson is an amazing matchup for Jabari Parker. Um, I believe as far as bigs, Maccabi has a lot of bigs. They have uh, uh, incredible depth in, in the bigs position. So I think they can match up with Willy, with Vesely. So I think it's this is a, a team that matches up very nicely with Barcelona. And I think they have the advantage because in a close matchup, like I think this is, they have those two guys who can go get it at the end and can take it to the promised land. So I believe Maccabi has an advantage here. I think that Barcelona is my lean on this particular matchup. And the reason is, while I believe that these two teams will be able to keep up offensively with each other, I think that Barcelona is the better offense, uh, defensive team between these two. And if they are able to impose that, that's extremely hard to do against Maccabi because they have such high-level creators. And Maccabi is able to share the ball at a very high level. They are the second team in assists per game of the, the whole EuroLeague. But if Barcelona is able to impose themselves defensively and with them being a better rebounding team, that for me is the way that Barcelona can have an advantage and I think that they will be able to do it on this game against Maccabi. We disagree about who has the advantage here, but uh, let's see if we agree in which one is the most important individual matchup of this game, Do Well, uh, I'm going to go with Bonzi Carlson and uh, Jabari Parker. Uh, I think those two guys have been... Uh, I'm not going to say the top option, but one of the main options for, for each of their teams as far as scoring and as far as being a go-to guy. Uh, so I believe that's going to be a very interesting matchup. The, physically, they are kind of similar. They both played the three or the four. So I think they, they're going to have a very interesting matchup. What about you? Satoransky and Lorenzo Brown. We I was know expecting how... it. <laughs> <laughs> we know how important they are for both of their teams. The ability to control the game, to create mismatches for themselves and for others. And to they are the dynamos of these teams in a way. Uh, the teams are di- deep and talented, but these two players and this particular matchup between these two players on both sides of the court for me will be very important. I do think that there is a chance that we will see a lot of weight matching up with uh, Satoransky, especially defensively. But uh, 
Thomas Satoransky and Lorenzo Brown, the way that they will impact the game and the way that they will play, for me, will be very important for the outcome of this matchup. Let's go into the next game and let's go to Greece and to a red hot Panathinaikos that have won their last three matches and that places them in the fifth place. They will have a tough challenge against Valencia, an elite defensive team, we know that, but it's a team that has lost their previous three games and uh, despite the last two uh, in Spain were very close games against the top teams so far of this edition of the EuroLeague. They they did lose their last three games and they will want to bounce back. Will they be able to do it on the road against this uh, red-hot Paratinaikos? It's going to be hard. I mean, obviously, they can give troubles to any team in EuroLeague because they are that good defensively. But uh, I feel like Panathinaikos is obviously on the way up. They've been playing at a much better level. And the fact that they have Costas Mitoglu now, um, it's it's a game changer for them. And I believe he's going to keep playing this way, being dominant. And they have so much talent all around that it's just hard for me to go against them in a matchup like this. Uh, but I'm not sleeping on Valencia. I think they, they always have a chance. When you, when you are the best defense in the competition, you always have a chance. So uh, I believe they're going to make it tough on Panathinaikos. They have a lot of bodies to throw at them. So uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it's going to be closer than probably some people expect. But I'm, I'm leaning Panathinaikos just because they have so much more talent. I agree with you in the talent adventure being in Paratinaikos and I agree with you that they are the favorites on the, this game against Valencia. They are the deeper team. They are the team that is playing better. Uh, the way that Valencia, for me, can get into this game, it will be throughout their through their defense. And I will jump already to the individual matchup and I will go with Sam Yojole against uh, Mitoglu because Mitoglu has been so important and he has been, in a way, the player to have unlocked the way that uh, Paraginakos play. If Sammy Ojale is able to step up, play at the same level on both sides of the court, and he's able to be oh, one of the pieces that will help slowing down Mitoglu on this game, for me, that's the way that uh, Valencia can have a shot and can have a chance to compete on uh, this game. What about you? Which individual matchup is uh, the one that will determine the, the outcome of this game? Well, I was going to go with Mitoglu and Brandon Davis, but uh, since you already used Mitoglu, I'm going to go with Costas Lucas and Chris Jones. Uh, I think those guys are obviously the, the orchestrators for, for this team. They they get guys involved and, and they lead them as far as being the, the main ball handler and the guy who makes most of the decisions. So uh, I think that's going to be very important here because I believe it will be a close game. So the decision-making is going to be very important. So I'm going to go with those two. Very well. Close game, important games, decision-making, that certainly will all be in display on this next matchup as well and the last matchup that we will be breaking down on this first part of our preview of round 10, the matchup between Virtus and Fenerbahce. High-level coaching, high-level teams, a team that is in third place in Virtus and that has, uh, but has lost two out of their last three games. And the Fenerbahce that uh, has been having many absences and because of that and partially because of that, they have been struggling and lost their last three games. What do you expect Itudis and Banki to do on the, this particular matchup? Well, for, for Virtus and Coach Banki, I expect them to, to keep playing the same way, to, to be collective, 
to share the ball, to, to keep shooting a lot and effectively. Uh, and I think it's kind of a bad matchup for Pana, for Fenerbahce uh, in a way that they haven't been good against the, the best three-point shooting teams. Like We saw it last week when they play against uh, Red Star. They were just blown out by 30 and they couldn't hang. They, they clearly need guys to make shots and they haven't been able to have those guys step up. Uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis and Wilbekin have been good enough, I would say, but uh, I think the rest of the team really needs to step up for, for them to have a, a chance in this one because Virtus is a very dangerous team. And, and if they start hitting shots like they usually do, then it's hard to keep up with them because they also play defense and, and they have a leader right there in Toko Shengelia that's been playing outstanding. So uh, I believe if, if Fenerbahce doesn't start the game strong, uh, I think it's going to be very hard for them to, to get this game. If uh, you had to guess, and maybe you have this information in front of you, but if you had to guess, which of these teams commits more turnovers per game? I mean, that's a tough one because <laughs> in such a small sample size in terms of number of games, yeah, that game that Virtus had against Real Madrid, they had 10 turnovers alone in the second quarter. So that game might switch up the averages here, but... Uh, I would probably say Fenerbahce if I had to, if I had to guess. Oh, you you were onto something there, and you should avoid to to with Virtus oh, it's weird. <laughs> exactly because of that reason. These are two teams that uh, are highly talented, and Virtus one of their strengths is the way that they share the ball, and that's why I was making you this tricky question because <laughs> the way that they are able to take care of the ball and share it to find good offense and easier offense is a big part of what they are able to do. I think we would both agree that the most talented team at full force is Fenerbahce here. Yeah. But on the other hand, Virtus' ability to impose themselves and take good care of the ball is the way that they, especially playing at home, can uh, can have an advantage and can have an edge over Fenerbahce on this game. Yeah, I feel you on that. But I think it's going to be a, a very close matchup here. Uh, I think both these teams are very good. Obviously, Fenerbahce was missing some guys. Uh, hopefully, they can get them back in time. Uh, but I think it's going to be very close. And if Iturish can implement uh, his defensive systems and the fact that he's a very good defensive coach, but the team just hasn't been good enough, uh, I think that's going to be key here because Virtus is a team that can score with ease. So they definitely need to be on point defensively. Before we go into the individual matchups and because they're... Everybody likes when we predict things and we are wrong about them because it's the thing about predictions. Most of the times they won't be right. When we did our poor rankings, we had Fenerbahce ahead of Virtus. We have watched some League. These teams have played nine games each. And right now Virtus is in third place and Fenerbahce is in eighth place. And there are just uh, one win between these two teams. Who would you expect to, to end higher in the end of the regular season? And would you expect to have both of these teams in the playoffs? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, there's so many good teams. Uh, I think either of these teams could easily fall into the play-in. Uh, I mean, not easily, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, of course. I think Fenerbahce is a better team. And I think in the long run, uh, things will probably balance out and Fenerbahce ends over Virtus. Uh, but I think at this moment, Virtus seems to be the more prepared team and they've, be, they've been playing much better basketball. So I just think for now, Virtus uh, has an edge. But uh, in the long run, I would probably go with Fenerbahce. Yeah, it's interesting. I also still lean Fenerbahce because 
I I lean to the side of the most talented and deeper roster. It's harder for a team like Virtus or a team like Valencia to deal with absences and absences of their uh, best players. And of course, we expect health and wish health for everybody at all times, but we know that's not how, how things go at all times. And it's a long season. It's a season with many games and uh, the margins are shorter for these Virtus teams. And I agree, I agree that uh, Fenerbahce has an edge there, but both of the teams are certainly in the playoff picture and competing to be in the playoffs. You will uh, know and you have noticed that I gave you the right to choose your individual matchup first on the first two games. So I'm taking Go dibs on this one and I'm going with Toko Shengelia and Nigel has Davis. I think wow. it's absolutely the, what, the most what a important. Surprise. What a <laughs> I think surprise. this is absolutely <laughs> the most important matchup of this game. And I think you agree with me and you will also pick this as the most important matchup for the outcome of this game, wouldn't you? Well, I, I can't do it now because you stole it. But <laughs> um, I'm probably going to go with Daniel Eckert and Tyler Dorsey. Uh, I believe Tyler Dorsey needs to be uh, in his A game playing offensively and scoring the ball because this team needs that from him. And I think Daniel Eckett is the best guard defender for Virtus. Maybe him and Paola, but uh, I would say Daniel Eckett because it just has a, a bigger role on this team. So so I think that matchup is going to be very interesting. But of course, uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis and Toko Shingeli is the best matchup on this on this. Yeah, game, absolutely. Sure. Have you noticed how many times you have been picking Hackett on these individual matchups? And uh, especially after uh, Miles leaving uh, the this Virtus team, how important his role has been for, for this Virtus team? Of course, I mean, he's always been a very good player. Uh, I think it depends on the role he has, obviously, uh, for, for him to be more relevant or not for a team. And I think this year he, he's took on the role of being a, a guy to play on both sides of the floor, to be another leader for them outside of Toko Shingelia. And I think he's thrived on that. So I believe it's going to be a very interesting one right here. Absolutely. And this game between Virtus and uh, Fenerbahce is a full-time must-watch game. should be a very entertaining one. This takes us to the end of the, this first part of our round 10 preview. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to the part two. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at T20League so you don't miss out on any any new episode that we release. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you all next episode. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.